just so you know, we're recording right now, so. Gerald went offline. Is everybody else still there? Yep. Yes. Apparently sending mass emails is too much for his computer to take. Huh. <laughs> it was like, you want me to do what? <laughs> I finally got it, though. Did you? Yeah. Oh, there it is. Oh, wait, never mind. Just wait for him to come back online. I got a Call of Duty email. That's not him. <laughs> got myself an intelligence report. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> wait, where'd Gerald go? I have no idea. Okay. Sounds about right. <laughs> hey, look, there he is. We're gonna have a little, little crunching. Might as well have a little bit of popping. There we go. And a little ringing too. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm back. All right. Let's try this again. to Game Source Podcast episode 28. Let's get started, everybody, with the evening. Uh, tonight we got uh, not our usual large crew, but we got uh, we got our heavy hitters on. We got uh, Bryce with us. We got uh, Gerald. We got Chris. And we got Jamie. Everybody, you want to say hello to the world out there? What are you guys playing? I'm going to go with Hello World first. And then... Playing, uh, I just finished the Sniper Elite and Dragon's Dogma demos on the PSN. Both were good, a little short, but both good. That's why they're only demos. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you know, particularly short for demos, yeah, I noticed. But yeah. what about you? Well, what's up, world? Uh, lately, I've been kind of away from consoles, I've been stuck on PC games. Uh, the Exiled Realm of Arborea, uh, or Terra for short, and League of Legends have been draining me. So, uh, n- other than that, I haven't been on a console in a probably a good week or two. It's another beautiful day in paradise, everyone. Thanks again for listening to us on the Game Store Podcast. I have been going back to Skyrim. No connect. Ooh, for Skyrim. the patches? 
Yes, and then also as well, I'm getting ready for Dawn Guard, the new DLC coming out very soon. Nice. Sounds like an antiperspirant. <laughs> kind of does. Dawn Guard. Dawn Guard, to protect you when you go slay a dragon. <laughs> Keep cool under pressure. Jamie, what you been playing? Um, I've been playing Starhawk and Sniper Elite. Nice. And not not the demo, so it's a little longer, right? <laughs> Slightly, maybe twenty more. <laughs> I minutes. know what you're saying. I know what you're saying about the demo, though. It actually like cuts off like right when it starts to get good. But yeah, I, that's I've been playing both of those. Um, I actually uh sent some reviews in on them, so you guys can see that I'm sure pretty soon. Well, we're gonna have that part after uh, after our news in our review segment. So if you want to go oh. ahead. On one of them. You can do both if you want. No, that's okay. One here. We'll do one. The other one's not so fun. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. You have to give us both. You said you're playing them. Do I have to give you both? Okay. I'll give you both. Yes. (laughs) So, so everybody, we'll uh, start out with the uh, news. Wait, Nick, you never said anything about your planes. I'm playing with my iPad. Oh. Boo. All right, move on. Infinity Blade 2 or Angry Bird Space? <laughs> oh, that space one is actually pretty cool. None of the above. I've been spending most of uh, most of my time just on my iPad. Yeah, I've been playing Cooking Mama. Yeah, there, there you go. Nothing like a good rallying game of Cooking Mama. Yeah. <laughs> um, so on the uh, news docket tonight, guys, starting off with uh, some news on Bioshock. Um, Bioshock Infinite was delayed. Um, big surprise there, right? February yeah. 2013, um, uh, while also adding multiplayer feature onto it. Um, I, I actually think it was a surprise for me because the reason why is, you know, you know they've been having videos sent out what, for over two years now. And yeah. they were prepping for this year, this holiday season, to be one of the major AAA games. Were they concerned about, you know, falling into that loop with Call of Duty and whatnot, like so many other games? Maybe. Like Mass Effect 3 was last year when they delayed it. Um, I know it's coming out late February. But, yeah, I was kind of surprised because, like, remember, this has been a long process of introducing the game to the public because they've had those videos for at least not one, but two years running now. So I don't know. I'd be surprised if a game actually came out on time. So. I'm not really surprised that this was pushed back again. However, again, after seeing game footage for the last two years, is the delay going to end up being a good thing? Or, you know, are they pushing it back in fear of possible issues with uh, with the game? Uh, Chris, go ahead and start us off. Well, I think they've pushed back Bioshock uh, a little too late. I don't know if they're they're doing it to get a good release time. I think they're doing it just to fix the game. So if it is to fix the game, one, I think they're they're taking a little too long to do it, but two, it should come out better than ever uh, and not give us another Duke Nukem where they keep pushing it back and it's ending up uh, not coming out to expectations. I mean, you would hope so, considering the fact that they've invested such a tremendous amount of time to do it. I, I mean, if they're exactly. still ha- if they're still having issues with it by this point, pushing it. I mean, we're only in we're only in May. They're already pushing it again to February of 2013. I mean, part. Of, I mean, that really that that's almost irritating. I, I mean, yeah, they 
we they they release all this really potentially good footage. I mean, the gameplay looks. Um, I mean, in contrast to you know its predecessors, um, the other ones, of course. I mean, it looks like they've amped up the gameplay. You know, they've added voiceovers. Um, they've added a lot of very significant features that you know ultimately look like they're going to make for a really great game. It's it's actually very disappointing to see that they are um, again you know moving this date up. I, I mean, you know, you're absolutely right, Chris. I you know, is this kind of I'm kind of fearful. Is this going to end up turning out to be a, a bombshell? Yeah. Well, what what do you think, Jamie? I think I mean, it, I think a lot of it could be that they're going. Well, look at everything that's coming out. Should we push it and not fall into that groove? Um, but then again, too, I also feel like what you said. They found something and they went. We got to fix that. But again, are they taking way too long to do it? Was it a spur of the moment thing to go? Ooh, let's let's polish the multiplayer. You know, we don't we really don't know. I mean, two years and now we're looking at it, waiting for it, and now we're going. Oh, where is it going? Yeah, I personally, I, I really at CES when Gerald and I actually got to to take a look and play with the multiplayer before release. Um, it, it seemed like it was a really cool concept. They had a really a, a lot of unique features, um, you know, the respawn rate and things like that that appear to have made that multiplayer um, kind of set it apart, added a very uniqueness compared to, you know, Call of Duty and a lot of other games that do it. But, you know, as I was sitting in line, really eager to get it, got my copy at midnight at GameStop, um, you know, played the, the single-player campaign. It was good, and... When I got to the multiplayer, I was I was more than disappointed. I I was so let down, um, significantly let down by the way that multiplayer plays. I, I mean, you're practically dead before you get a chance to respawn. And there's really it, it's not I don't know that I don't think the multiplayer takes any level of skill to be able to play. It's just how fast you can shoot a gun. And I, I don't know for a lot of that. That was a really disappointing factor um, about you know Bioshock Two, and uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping, you know, I, I don't hold a, a whole lot of a whole lot of hope for the multiplayer for Bioshock. I don't know if it's really ultimately one of those games that that multiplayer is going to ever play a very significant value in 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 the game. But you know, that's that's just my opinion. So I don't know, Bryce. What do you think? Um. I don't really have a major opinion on this. I always thought of Bioshock as a, a single-player game for me. I never really was interested in the multiplayer into it. Um, I think maybe they had stress testing with you know test groups, and maybe the multiplayer didn't do so well among peers, so they, they want to revamp it in some way, and it's going to take longer than expected. So they're going to need that extra time just to polish whatever new implements they're going to put into the game. But that's all I can think of that hasn't been said already. Yeah. Gerald, do you have anything else to add on that before? No, no. I think uh, I think it's pretty much said it all on this one. I just think it's time, uh, you know, for Bioshock Infinite to to be put out onto the marketplace and stop dilly-dallying around with this because, uh, you know, people are going to lose interest in this product real quick. Yeah. I think we all kind of agree on that. Um, so, uh, Swartor. Uh, announces a loss of 400,000 subscribers. 
uh, now down to 1.4 million, which, you know, that's still a pretty significant amount of players. But, um, you know, why, why do we think that's happening? You know, what's going on with that? And is this something that ultimately they're going to be able to recover long term from? Or do they need to focus on implementing something now that um, is going to, uh, rather, let me rephrase that, if they implement something now, um, quickly, is it going to have long-term or short-term, you know, effects? And is it going to be adversely affected by that? Or do you think they can do something at this point that can kind of get those 400,000 subscribers back? Um, Gerald, what, what do you think? Well, I think uh, my conversation uh, with you, Bryce, and Jeremiah yesterday uh, said it best um, – because we were talking about Guild Wars, we were talking about SWOTOR, we were talking about the Elder Scrolls MMO, and there's going to there's a lot of players now since WoW that just go basically jump from MMO to MMO to MMO, and really because there's not a whole lot of variance between these MMOs, in my opinion, um, it's just you know caters to the t- different tastes of each player. So if I kind of like feel like I'm a little bit burnt on uh, SWOTOR, I'll just hop on to WoW for a while. If I'm kind of burnt on WoW for a while, just jump into Guild Wars. Jump into Guild Wars next year. Oh, Elder Scrolls is coming out. Oh, I'll jump onto that. Um, I think these uh, companies just need to figure out exactly what is going to entice uh, these individual the players to stay and to stay committed to their uh, games long term. Chris, what, what are your what are your thoughts on that? I mean, that's basically it, right there. Is um, the the MMO community never really sticks to a game. I mean, it, it jumps around a lot when new ones come out. People want to at least try it. Uh, then some people stick with it, and fans will stick with it. But I mean, Star Wars came out. I think is more of a publicity with. Uh, or the older public, I should say, came out with the publicity of Star Wars, not so much as to be the best or the next big MMO. Um, 1.4 million is still a lot. Of course, it's still a fraction to WoW. And every other MMO that's out, um, that's been out in the past few years, that is still trying to build up to 1 million or 2 million subscribers, it it seems like they're never going to reach back up to their high points. Uh, their high points are usually at the very beginning of their sales just because it's a new thing. Um, if they can turn it around, I don't think it's going to affect them for very much longer. It'll probably be something that only affects them for a patch or a uh, an expansion or something like that, and then they'll lose more subscribers later on afterwards. Yeah. I mean, I mean, ultimately, uh, you know, hopefully the end result isn't going to be like what, um, you know, WoW is really sh- struggling to, to try to obtain this point is, is just holding on to the last subscribers that they possibly can by, you know, releasing, uh, you know, patches and releasing uh, additional add-ons for, for game content that really doesn't hold any significance to the game itself. It's more of just... Uh, Let's put something out just to put it out to hopefully keep the people that we have. So, I, I mean, I, I really hope 
you know, that, that Swartor doesn't end up going down that, that dark road and, and, and ultimately before they can really, you know, truly su- succeed, they're already failing. So, um, you know, I'm not really sure. I mean, Jamie, what, what do you think? I think you guys pretty much touched on a lot of it, you know, where I think it's just a thing of everybody jumped on to begin with. It was, you know, the thing to do. And then now they went, okay, we got our taste of it and probably were itching for, you know, fresh content. They didn't get it. So they went back to something else. Yeah. I, I really think with a lot of these, these MMOs, you know, especially the paid ones, you know, whether that be Terra or, you know, WoW or Swartor, you know, whatever these other 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 ones that are out. Um, I, I think with with them, the whole application of if it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It, it really doesn't work in that type of environment because um, you have an environment like WoW that um, there's so much of the same thing; it becomes monotonous and boring. I mean, I can't speak for everybody on WoW because obviously you have people who are still playing, significant amount of people. But um, you know, you have the you have the people who are like you said, they jump, they said, hey, you know what, Swartor looks like it's something you know new. We jump on, we play for a little while, and they're kind of like, yeah, you know what, we already did what we could do on this. You know, I think I'm going to jump back on WoW or you know whatever they're playing. So I think you know, and this concept really goes for for anybody who decides to come out you know, with a new MMO, uh, whether that be Skyrim or anybody else, I, I think they need to, to, to invest in a new chemistry that's going to invite people to want to stay and not just focus on the short term, getting, you know, a million and a half people on there and, and trying their best to try to keep those people on there. So, you know, I, I really think it's a lot of it's dependent on that core value, but you know, they apparently haven't, thought of that iteration yet so uh, who knows how how well the future looks to them but uh anybody else have a, any any input on that uh i think the main thing that kills new mmos is there's just not content coming out quick enough for people to stay interested in the a lot of times the death of an mmo is caused by people hitting max level and there's just there's nothing to do at the time, there's a wall that they hit where there's no raid content and there's no good PvP system, so people need to go do something else. Namely, WoW. WoW constantly gets their player base back because they have such an extensive uh, catalog of expansions. There's enough to do in WoW to keep you doing something for a few hours to fill up your time. So, if MMOs start releasing content quicker at the beginning of their existence, then they could probably keep the, the subscriptions they have. But if they fail to do that, then most likely people are just going to revert back to what they were playing before, find the next new thing. Yeah, but if they bring out stuff too fast... True. If they bring out stuff every two months, then that's going to be overwhelming and people can't catch up. But if you're waiting six months, seven months to bring out something then that's just time people are sitting on their hands with nothing to do. Maybe four months is that happy medium, huh? Maybe. So three times a year, you're saying? Yeah. It doesn't have to be like expansion-wise, but just new content, new something for people to get excited about. 
I mean, that, that wouldn't be too bad. I mean, you'd have the, even if they ended up releasing something at the end of every quarter or every yeah. other quarter, I mean, you know, they would still be, they, people would have something to look forward to at the end of every quarter. So you'd have that player basis, you know, like Bryce was saying, that wouldn't be sitting on their hands. And then on the flip side, you wouldn't have that player basis who is struggling to try to catch up because they're releasing a uh, new DLC or new, you know, a new catalog catalog of expansions. So, well, I just want to add on that is is the fact that people that have played consoles are getting much more used to a constant stream of DLC coming out. Like, for instance, you know, how many Call of Duty players are out there? Well, I'm, actually, you're going to find out a little bit later in this podcast. But uh, they're used to a constant streaming uh, DLC, fresh maps. Uh, and other things coming out on a monthly basis. Uncharted 3, they bring out new skins, new maps every three, four weeks uh, for at least six months they were doing. Um, so, you know, if you, you go to that and you're going to MM, and play an MMO and you're not going to get anything for a year, a year and a half, uh, it just seems uh, like it's still not something that they want to stick with for any length of time. Yeah. I mean, I can't say I blame them. I mean, you know, like you said, you have that, you know, that that amount of players, you know, like you said, Call of Duty, you know, they're getting fresh content every couple of weeks. I mean, because Call of Duty is an MMO. I, I don't know. You can call it whatever you want to call it. But in essence, because it's living off of its multiplayer, it's in essence an MMO. Yeah. Well, I mean. No, just no denying that. I mean, that's. Yeah, I mean, if you break it down, and massively multiplayer online game. I mean, that's, that's what most people get it for. Yeah, uh, I don't really think they get it for the campaign. They get it for the they get it for the multiplayer. Yeah, yeah that's multiplayer. I can beat the, the campaign. But you know, I, I I don't know. It's like you know, and I, I we're going to touch on this probably a little bit later on. But it's like, you know. Well, well, I want to hear how fast Bryce can uh, finish the campaign. I beat the campaign on Veteran in seven and a half hours. That's and then right. I went I went straight into multiplayer after that. <laughs> that's that's fast. But did you enjoy it? I did. I liked the over top action that was uh the storyline. But uh, I only played the storyline to get map experience and get used to the guns they were using for multiplayer. Well, in any case, anybody else have any any feedback on that? No, Star Wars. Take a break from our rants. Yeah. Um, so Dead Space, not, not really one of my favorite games, but... Uh, Leaked reports, yeah, we said it again, leaked reports. I think we talked about that the last couple of podcasts. Yeah. Um, on a co- co-op multiplayer component. I, You know, it's like games are just becoming so saturated with multiplayer. Um, since almost every single player game seems to be doing this, um, you know, will there be any just single camp- campaign games left out there? Or is that a thing of the past? Is everybody just so focused on the fact that they want multiplayer? Are there not going to be any games that just are single player anymore? I mean, what do you guys think? 
Angry Birds. There you go. Cut the rope. <laughs> Fruit Ninja. <laughs> well, actually, they've already made that multiplayer. Oh, great. Yeah. Ruin another one. Yep. And there's a really popular zombie game, I think, my uncle was showing me yesterday. Plants vs. Zombies? No. It's like a... I don't remember the name of it. You're like an aircraft bomber, and you're like... Like, it's a... It looks kind of like... Call of Duty, like one of the night, one of the night vision scenes. Okay. Um, and you're like pecking them off with, um, you know, oh, aircraft carrier. I that one. Yeah. I see. Oh. <laughs> seems it seems pretty popular. Right? I mean, he was playing it. Look, it looked kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> but again, see, that's you know, well, I mean, that that's a single player. See, they they exist out there. Just they're they're not too powerful. In tablets. <laughs> yeah, in tablets. They exist in tablets. Well, the multiplayer um, component on games, it's just something that, that developers really want to add on. Uh, we're now seeing it with God of War. We're now seeing it with so many others. Just the fact that it's all money-driven. It, you know, it just when it comes to adding on with Xbox Live and things of that nature, I know it's just it basically just comes down to a money decision. You add on uh, – you give the people a chance to have a multiplayer. It gives more people uh, – interest in purchasing your game um so obviously if that's the case it lends to a, a higher percentage of people actually wanting and then actually purchasing your game so it's all about the greenbacks yeah but yeah. i mean ultimately you know these companies who are producing the multiplayer functionality with these with these games you know they also i mean the concept is cool to say oh hey okay dead space has multiplayer well Okay, it has multiplayer, but is it going to be a good multiplayer? <laughs> and are you going to be able to create a multiplayer for that game that people are going to actually want to play and continue to want to play and have reason to continue playing? Like the you know the chemistry that obviously Call of Duty had has done so well. I mean, uh, nowadays you don't really hear people talking about playing Halo multiplayer too often anymore. All you hear is people, hey, you play COD? I, I mean, you know, are they going to be able to capture the same essence that popular titles like that are going to, or are they just wasting their money making a, a multiplayer on a game that's that's ultimately going to suck? Hey, Nick, you play COD? No, <laughs> don't play COD. Well, that's then right. you're missing out. Ultimately, uh, it's just a selling point. They don't really care if the game is going to be good. They just care if it's going to make money. And as Gerald said, multiplayer games tend to sell better than more single-player games. It's just a better selling point for a sales rep to pitch to a mom or someone who just plays games with their friends. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's true. Jamie, what, what do you think? Being quiet on this whole thing. It just seems to be becoming more of the norm. You know, everything. I mean, look at God of War now. God of War is going to have multiplayer. Did you think that back when God of War started? Yeah, we all had our little conversations where we were like, dude, wouldn't it be crazy if there was eight Kratoses running around? But, <laughs> but is that the thing is, though, is that going to turn into a bad thing? Because what you're doing is, is that you're building up the expectation. So that means that's – is that going to burden companies that haven't implemented multiplayer functionality of their games and is that ultimately going to delay games from coming out in the future 
which ultimately leads to them burning all this production cost and you're going to keep seeing games pushed up because you're creating an expectation. The answer is yes. Bioshock exactly. Infinite. There you go. <laughs> See? Perfect example. Bioshock Infinite. But then you have the exact opposite with the one single player game that is really done well in the past, you know, couple of years. Um, I'm called talking about Skyrim and I was talking with you, Bryce and Jeremiah about it, you know, that's the one game that's probably going to stay single player that I'd love to see as a multiplayer game. And no, I'm not talking about the Elder Scrolls MMO because they're not going to use that type of format. I'm talking about that perspective that you play in the Oblivion and Skyrim games. I'd love to see an you know, a multiplayer front on that. Yeah, you like wanted to see a first no, he wanted to see a first person MMO game set in Elder Scrolls time. And not an yeah. MMO per se, just like, you know, if you and three other buddies go on a uh, quest to kill out a kill a dragon or or loot caves or whatnot, just, you know, like I said, just a multiplayer where you have a drop in drop out feature where it's 3 to 4 from the uh, first or third, you know, person perspective. The gameplay style that Skyrim and Oblivion have, I'd love to see it in that context. But you know, seeing as how they're doing the Elder Scrolls MMO, and I talk about this more on my blog on the Yes Elvis Lives blog on at yourgamesource.com. I just would like to see it from the the perspective of Elder Scrolls that I'm used to playing. I because don't... nothing would nothing would make my day more than to like throw a fireball at Nick and then like <laughs> get him with like a sword and like finish it off with like an arrow or something like that. An arrow to the knee. Yes. That would be Gerald's truly beautiful day in paradise. <laughs> yeah. And then loot him. So we pretty grisly death. I just loot all your stuff. I wouldn't and then have, go sell it to a pawn shop. I wouldn't have much. Just a peddler. No, you, you know, if you have one of those bags of infinite holding, you can just like you know hold a uh, a gazillion items in there, and you just you know get all these swords and all this good stuff, and you go, hey, thanks, Nick, see ya. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so uh, kind of. Sort of on that topic, sort of. Uh, Activision Blizzard uh, recently sent out a press release uh, giving us some facts and figures here. So first, um, I'm going to touch on both of them, but so before anybody responds. Um, North America and Europe, um, including accessories, packs, figurines, things of that nature. Uh, Skylander's Spyro, uh, Spyro's Adventure, uh, ended up resulting in the number three best-selling game overall um, in dollars across all platforms for the first quarter of 2012. So off to a pretty good start for the first quarter. Um, it ended up resulting in the number one selling kids title in dollars um, in the quarter at over 30 million, 30 million, that's right, 30 million Skylander toys have been sold total. Um, second, Blizzard's Entertainment, uh, Blizzard Entertainment's World of Warcraft still remains, regardless of, you know, its competitors, War Tour, and everything else, still remains the number one subscription-based MMORPG with approximately 10.2 million subscribers as of March 31st, 
Um, and last but not least, uh, Diablo 3 uh, set a, bl- a Blizzard pre-order record and uh, anticipation for the game's arrival next week. So, uh, my question to you gentlemen is, um, with these kind of sales figures and sheer amount of subscribers and, you know, just the sheer amount of dollars, um, especially um, with such a powerful start off to the first quarter, can anybody match the overall dominance that, you know, the, this, this co- these companies have set the standard for? What do you guys think? Black Ops 2. <laughs> that get, That's that the same company, already, though. Yeah, but, I mean, it's completely different games. But, uh, but it's still the same company. It's still the same company. Activision, Blizzard. And- so oh, that well, means what? they're just one-upping their other games. I think that's still a competition. But is there is there anything like – remember the I was talking about in a previous podcast. It was mentioned that Nexon and EA had considered merging or Nexon was considered buying EA. Would, would that type of merger and that type of conglomerate actually compete head-to-head and maybe surpass the Activision uh, Blizzard juggernaut right now? Is there or I don't basically think so. is there is there any publishing um, consortium that can actually beat the uh, Activision Blizzard right now? With with numbers like that, I doubt it. Even even if Nexon did uh, conduct a quote merger with EA, um, I they still they I mean Nexon has a considerable amount of of users under their belt. You know, considering the fact that they also have a, a large array of different games. I mean, I don't, I don't know the particular figures offhand. We'd probably have to research maybe for next podcast. But uh, you know, between Maple Story and Mabinogi and you know Combat Arms and uh, you know some some of the other uh, Dragon Nest and uh, Vindicus Knights. I, I mean, you know, collaboratively, I think if you added all those together, they do have a very very large uh, you know MMO you know, subscriber rate. However, you know, I, in, in competition with, you know, Activision and Blizzard, I, I don't really know if there's a company out there who can compete with the number of, you know, users they have. I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. Not, at least not at this point. Mm, if someone wants to catch up, Activision Blizzard needs to release a game that doesn't do well. And then World of Warcraft needs to lose all its subscribers, and Call of Duty <laughs> needs to die. <laughs> then they, then, then, then they all can, have chance. Yeah, yeah. Then they. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Then maybe someone can take the reins. Well, it's probably like I said, it's not going to happen right away. But in three, four, five years, when the mount, when the mountain for Call of Duty and World of Warcraft starts getting really steep as they go downhill because there is going to be an ebb and flow flow to this. Um, if they don't have anything else in the back end that's going to replace that, then you could see some issues by you know the end of this decade. But they do. Um, next is StarCraft's Heart of the Swarm, followed by the new WoW expansion. That could do well or not, but then Diablo's expansion comes out, and based on just the numbers alone, Diablo has a ton of pre-orders for it, so the expansion's going to get a lot of good response and then blizzard has the new unnamed mmo in the works the project they're they're pretty much going to dominate the market forever 
pretty much. Yeah, Chris, what do you what do you think? There's really nothing that we can do uh, to try to say that another company is going to do better uh, than Activision or Blizzard. They're just too. I don't know if they have the best workers or if they just have the best ideas or what it is, but for some reason they have the best games or the best selling games at least. Um, they have huge wads of money to throw at each other. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to compare it like to baseball and the Yankees. I mean, do they just buy the best employees and, and say, you know what, come up with the best, most addicting game in the world and call it WoW or call it uh, Skylanders or call it Call of Duty? And we'll sell billions of these. I don't know, and then, but it might be a good idea to invest in some stocks in Activision and Blizzard. That sounds about right. Sorry, Chris. Basically, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's fine. Basically, it's going to be really hard to bring down the man, so sure. nothing we can do about it. Yeah, no, that's that's the bottom line with that. I mean, Jamie, what do you, what do you think? You've been... I've been quiet because everybody said it all. I mean, really, they're, they're untouchable. Really, I mean, that if I have to say it that way, that's how I have to say it. They're untouchable. What can anyone do to get where they're at or even maybe try and knock them down a peg? It's just I think their employees sit around playing paper toss with $100 bills. No, they, they probably wreck uh, plastic guitars that were sold, tried to sold with Guitar Hero Aerosmith. <laughs> And then they. Uh, does anyone or continue? No, go ahead. I was gonna say, does anyone know the Diablo pre-order figures? Does that count the annual pass or pass for Warcraft? Does anyone know if that was incorporated into it? Um, no, they haven't um, released official numbers, but I can look it up on VG charts. I guess I can do that while you guys go ahead and go on to the next subject. I'll go ahead and I'll report that a little later in the podcast. Well, actually, Gerald, you're probably going to want to touch base on this one, too. But uh, the MPD reports, um, the hardware and software sales um, so far, um, you know, are down by uh, 32% each for both both those categories, guys. Um, you know, is it, it kind of at this point, should the, the video game industry hit that uh, hit that big red panic button yet? You know, should they start freaking out? Because that is a pretty significant um, decrease in sales, 32%, both hardware and software. What oh, I mean? didn't mean to interrupt. It's actually 764000 according to VG charts right now on pre-orders for Diablo. Wow. That's that's a lot. Almost 100000 Dang. No, seven hundred sixty-four thousand. Oh, almost a million. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> zero add missing. that zero. You know, Activision Blizzard will, will clearly send you an email correcting you on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, because they they only have a thousand dollar bills, not a hundred dollar bills. <laughs> right. What was I thinking? They probably take a bath in their money, and then but dry that, off with their money. Yeah, and then they you know they've stitched a towel together of hundred dollar bills. Thousands. Nick, Nick, getting back to what you're saying, I think we're clearly starting to see the end of the life cycle for for all three um, current gen systems, and I think people are definitely starting to look towards 
um, the next gen systems. Uh, I know Microsoft is going to get cute with a ninety nine dollar price on the uh, on their console. I'm sure you know there might be a price cut for PS3 and also the Wii. But uh, I think we're clearly seeing, guys, the uh, the life cycle pretty much ending and, uh, and the necessity of bringing their new systems out rather quickly. Yeah, well, quickly made in 2014. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, Wii U is coming out uh, for Christmas this year. Well, yeah, but I mean the other, I mean the other major players, though. The ones we care about. Yeah, the one we actually care about. <laughs> The Wii U. Yeah, I care about the Wii U. Well, well, now come on, guys. The Wii U, I'm sure, can be used as a nice, pricey doorstop or a coaster for your, you know, living room table. Just a glorified. Activision uses it for paperweight. Yeah, <laughs> a glorified paperweight. There you go. Well, I mean, uh, Chris and I got uh, a real cup close to it. You got up close to it last year at E3. I mean. Uh, hopefully they'll have some on display when we go to E3 again this year, and our E3 coverage will be uh, sponsored by. Well, we're still looking for a sponsor, but uh, the E3 page will be up and running, uh, so we'll be able to tell everyone out there exactly what our thoughts are on the Wii U. I know the Nintendo conference is going to be heavily focused on that, and I, I hopefully they'll uh, they'll have a, a you know display like they did last year. We'll be able to try it out. We're sponsoring ourselves. Guys, just let you know. Because we're good like that. That's how cool we are. Yeah, that's how cool we are. We don't need a sponsor. We sponsor ourselves. Uh, Nick. But if you would like to sponsor us, let us know. Yeah, and if you if and PETA, if you'd like to sub sponsor us, we'd be more than happy to throw you up on our page too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matter of fact, I'll put you on my page. How about that? Uh don't take that offer. Here, here. Um so were we like still talking about the whole like thirty two percent down? Yeah, that's software and hardware are both down thirty two percent from last year, this time last year. That's uh doesn't that concern anyone of you guys right now? Yeah, I must say it's pretty bleak. Yeah, I'm a little scared for these companies. Uh I mean if you're losing a third of your profit or a third of your sales uh over last year and Think of what came out last year. Uh, probably nothing more big than what's out right now. Well, if Fifty Cent would invest in a good game that's worth pe- that worth that's worth people's time buying, he could help out the uh, the gaming co- economy right now. But that's impossible. That's like asking a dog to be a cat. Yeah, you're right. I got. I can ask it. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I agree <laughs> with you on that. Besides, he's too busy hanging out with Jay making headphones. So. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Oh well, sorry, gaming community. Fifty cent without fifty cent support, you guys are in the toilet. No, mine sound better. No, mine sound better. No, mine sound better. <laughs> Can you hear me now? <laughs> Good. Well, I think personally, it's just recession and mobile gaming that's bringing all those sales down. I yeah, I really think we've said it. We've said it a number of times. Not to again. Not to, you know, beat a dead topic, but <laughs> tablet, tablets and mobile gaming are really, I, I think, making a significant impact. 32%. I'm yes. actually surprised that Nick yep. used a PETA-friendly term there. <laughs> to beat a dead topic versus... To beat a dead, yes. Yeah. Surprised you're going uh, PETA-friendly now, but... Well, yeah, 
I have to. I really think that it's mobile gaming and uh, the fact that most people probably already have a console. It's been out for six years. I mean, the only reason you wouldn't have a console is because yours just broke. Yeah. Like-minded. And you don't want to wait for Sony or Microsoft to take like four months to get your system back to you and charge yeah. you to, and charge you the same price as it would cost you to go out and buy a new one. No, they save you like ten dollars. Yeah. Ah, good times. <laughs> Jamie, what do you think? Again, seeing that I sat here silent, you guys touched on most of it, but you know, I agree. Look at everything that that started out the year. We've got the new iPad, you know, and like Chris said, everything's been out this long. You already have it. It's already there, so. I think we are looking at the end of the life cycle where now it's time for everyone to put up or shut up. Otherwise, that number might grow. You know, I'm like a I'm a proud owner of Apple products, but you know, it's like the new iPad. Do you guys think like you're so high and mighty that your your product doesn't even warrant a real name? The new iPad. <laughs> I don't want right. the iPad three. No, get it right. It's the new iPad. So iPad 4 will be like the newer iPad. Yes. And then the, right. I, then the iPad 5 will be the newest iPad. Until the iPad 6 comes out. Yeah, and then that one will be the... the That'll be year. called the newest iPad until iPad 7 comes out. That's its official title. Yeah. <laughs> TM. <laughs> and then the cycle, <laughs> the deadly cycle will continue. Well, um, we have to head to a break, and uh, when we come back, uh, we'll go over our uh, our reviews. All right, folks. Welcome to... Oh, wow, I couldn't really think of a catchy segment for the reviews. Whatever. Um, Skyhawk, Jamie, take us, my man. All right, well, first off... I'm going to correct everyone, not to be rude, but it's Starhawk. I don't want to review Skyhawk. I'd rather review yeah, Starhawk. Hey, man, <laughs> it was my fault there was a typo. Exactly. We need to talk to our press department. Yes, we do. Yeah. He's on air right now. HR. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Warhawk with the, you know, with the little Bluetooth that came in the box. See, it's a, little, it's a combination. Of, it's the best of both worlds. That's true. See, it just works. We just took it and combined it and made it a new game. <laughs> Quick with that. Well, that's on our thing now, so that's good. We can actually do that, so that works. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, sorry, are... man. I, I haven't played it, so that's why I, the uh, the name the typo didn't even ring a bell. Go so. ahead, Jamie. So go to all right, Starhawk. So basically, I mean, I don't know if everybody saw the beta on it or played the beta on it. Um, I played the beta on it for a little while. The beta was basically multiplayer. You didn't see any story, but honestly, you weren't missing much. You could pretty much grasp the story from multiplayer. You could tell that coming from Warhawk, they focused on the multiplayer. The multiplayer is really where the game is. It's not a game that you're going to go, oh, that's the best story I've seen, because it's not. It's definitely not. 
um, it's set futuristic space, obviously, you know, they kind of intermix the Western in there, so you got your little lawless cowboys running around. I mean, the good part about it, like I said, is the multiplayer. You've got multiplayer, it's it's innovative. You've got your third-person action with building on the fly, you know, so you've got a wave of people coming at you. How do I protect what I've got? Throw up a wall. And you can do all that while still shooting and playing. What kind of score do you think you'd give it? What kind of score do I think I would give it? Honestly, because of the multiplayer and the visuals, I would have to give it a 9. A 2. The story did not kill it as much as I thought it would, but the story is not great at all. It couldn't be as bad as an Alan Wake. <laughs> so, I mean, if if you want to play the multiplayer part of it, I honestly suggest playing just that. The story is not going to make you go, oh, wow, I'm going to play that over and over. Now, on that note, you had mentioned you'd also played it and were willing to review Sniper Elite. This is true. Sniper Elite. Somebody should have sniped the people that made this game. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, Sniper Elite, I got it because I played the original Sniper Elite and I was hooked on the original Sniper Elite. So, obviously, I'm going, okay, you know, it's more updated. This has got to be good. This has got to be there. It, the AI is dense. So here we go again with, I remember you talking about it with Resident Evil. How the can AI you, was just dumb. How can you make artificial intelligence that's not intelligent? You we don't because we don't have Skynet. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Yeah. Wow, that was a good one. I gotta give you that one. <laughs> so what kind of score would you give it since it's such an outstanding game? <laughs> since it's so outstanding, I, I think I'm being nice and giving it a five. It was graphically good. I mean, it entertains you. It has the gory kills where it takes a cue from Mortal Kombat, kind of throws it into X-ray. It shows you where you hit them. <laughs> So, like, I shot one guy right through his scope, and it went through his eye socket, and it showed it going through his eye socket and out the back of his head. Good that sniping. was entertaining. <laughs> Snipetality. <laughs> yes, snipetality. But, I mean, again, the AI was dumb. You had enemies spawning in places that wouldn't even make sense. <laughs> like behind you? <laughs> Seriously, honestly, stuff like that happened. Huh. It was just – it was – that killed it right there. All of that just killed it. But graphically and with the kills and all that, it was great. Multiplayer, If why they put one in there, I have no idea. It was a joke. Well, on the, on the bad game topic, um, why shouldn't you play Fable Hose? I, <laughs> Fable Heroes. <laughs> you should why play the Fable Hose play? either. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, Gerald, why should at you? Le- at least that lightened you up. Um, Fable Heroes is awful. I think it's the uh, best thing I can compare it to as a, as a downloadable game uh, would be like Castle Crashers, uh, meeting with Mario, and both deciding, hey, let's just make a really terrible game. Um, this game blows. Um, just the, the environments aren't exciting. Um, the AI is, is not inspiring. 
Um, I just really think it's it's just a game that was just trying to take its name up from Fables and uh, from the Fable series and try to make money off of that. I don't know what Lionhead was thinking or you know I, I really don't know what they were smoking when they made this game, but it's really a waste of time. Um, I give it a two uh, out of ten. Um, and I really think that you need to do something better with your money than spend it on this game. I don't know. Back to you, Nick. It must have been smoking some good stuff. Um, when you play it, you'll play it. You get angry like angry Nick. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right. So, so wait, what's the purpose of the game then? Nothing. Well, the pur- on. purpose of the game is you go from uh, <laughs> stage to stage uh, with up to four player co-op. Um, basically trying to loot uh, and and destroy barrels and, and other things to get uh, coins. Uh, the more coins you get, the more uh, power-ups you can get. Um, power-ups don't do anything dramatically different than you playing normally. Uh, that's one of the major issues in the game. Uh, when you go to try and cash in your power-ups, it takes you to some random board game Mario Party wannabe deal that that's really irritating uh, to to put it in in the best way possible. Um, it just really just the gameplay itself is is nothing more than just mindlessly hitting your buttons and that's it. There's no nuance, no no thought process. It's just going and and slashing. That's basically it's not even fun either. Well, okay. On that note. The Round Table of Doom. Chris, would you do the honor, sir? Oh, I will. Uh, I believe it is time <clears throat> for the Round Table of Doom. <laughs> you, do <that. laughs> you do that good every time, man. Um, so on that, on that token, um, like we were kind of, uh, like we were kind of like we had an in-depth discussion earlier on Activision, um, (laughs) Snipetology, um, they shall doom us all from, uh, Call of Duty land, um, Infinity Ward announces (laughs) a new face-off mode. (laughs) Anyone surprised by that? For uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, while Treyarch, in announcing Call of Duty Black Ops 2, will add a mode called Strike Force. With all of these new uh, various modes being added in the uh, new iteration yearly, uh, again, with uh, nearly 40 million active users every month, um, as, April 30th, as of April 30, 2012, more than 10 million gamers... That's right, folks. 10 million gamers have registered for the Call of Duty of Elite. Um, including more than 2 million premium annual memberships, the company has sold uh, for online service. With all this incredible data backing up these substantial numbers, is Call of Duty, not in my opinion anyway, but is Call of Duty the greatest video game series of all time? By numbers. By numbers alone, we're not oh, talking. Period. Like, period. It's period. It's, do you well, put it in the realm of the Mario series? Of, no. Uh, Final Fantasy series. You know that that's something we, everybody should discuss. I think Call of Duty should burn a fiery death. And eventually, it will, like every other game has, and exactly. soon will. Except what? 
Oh no, I said exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking oh. too. It's it's Oh yeah. It's just a matter of time. Um but as far as right now, this game it's done so well for sales. It's done so so well as far as uh, customer satisfaction. Even if you're the one percent who hates it, you got to realize there's ninety nine percent of other people that love this game and are addicted to it, and it, it appeals to them. Even though it's so simple of a game, if it was so simple, why didn't everyone else think of that uh, ten years ago? It it's just perfect for the time that it's come out on. Uh, with everything that they release, one new game mode here, one new expansion with the Elite Pack here, uh, those little bitty things to increase their profit another 50 bucks. And these guys are multi-billion dollar, trillion dollar companies, if anything, uh, from their entire series. So I would say Activision, Treyarch, Infinity War, this, this combination that makes Call of Duty, Call of Duty uh, is pretty much hands down the best game that has come out whether you like it or not well um i will say based on statistics not because i actually like the game because i don't um based on statistics call of duty obviously um makes a very significant impact and also is a a significant competitor to any other game that has ever come out on the market. That's Mass Effect 3 and all those other good ones we like. Um, I I don't know if I would place it in the video game series of all time. I I don't think I would place it as the greatest video game series of all time. However, um, I statistically would say it's it's certainly uh, certainly up there. just because I refuse to say that it is. Yeah, but you have to give it its respect that it is... Like, I said it far, was up in the top. That's respect it, enough. No but, no, but I'm saying it's by far the most profitable game that has ever come out, and it's probably the best satisfactory game uh, that has ever come out. It I is. Mean, I agree. It is one of the most profitable games that have come out. I will say that much, but that's it. Okay. And with it coming out every year, you think about it, you sell another... 10 million copies and you sell them at $60 a piece when you know people are going to buy it, that's easy. It's easy money right there. Yeah. Do it again. Do it again. 365 days later. Although hopefully at this, at this year's show, they turn down the uh, volume a little bit because I almost went deaf with the last call of duty, uh, um, presentation they had at E3. You were, I, I can't believe you were sitting in there, Chris. That's because I love the sound. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you're not deaf. I I was just so intoxicated by that sound. <laughs> it was so beautiful to hear it all. <laughs> Jamie, what are your thoughts on and, this? And then I, and then I heard nothing for the next two days. <laughs> just a constant ringing. Yeah. But I mean, if we have to go, if you got to go by the numbers, the numbers do not lie. The numbers don't lie. I mean, it's it's obviously it's it's up there. It's I, I have to agree with Nick though. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. I am all over Call of Duty, but I can't say of all time it's the greatest because I mean, honestly, 
who knows? They Every 365 days they do do this, but who knows in 365 days if there's not something that comes popping up that they go, oh, oops. And now Call of Duty became an afterthought because of something else. So, I mean, of all time, I'm not going to say of all time, but is it one of the greatest video game series that obviously has definitely left its mark? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, but when, think about this. I mean, I've asked some people, uh, have you ever heard of the game Halo? And a lot of people say, yeah. And I've asked, have you heard of Mario? And a lot of people say, yeah. But I have not asked, I have not heard a no from the question, have you heard of Call of Duty? And I'm talking about, I've asked people in their 70s. I've asked kids at four and five years old. I, I've asked a whole range of, of things. And I mean, with that kind of popularity, you have to say that this game, I'm not, I'm not going to convince you that it's number one, even though it is in my book. Uh, and, and if you know me at all, I'm the biggest Gears of War fan in this world. Uh, if I could, I'd get a tattoo of, of a Gears of War emblem on my face but it'd look a little weird you um, can though i can't mike tyson but... has right that's what i was just gonna say mike tyson has but, a but that but that that's like a, really? a birthmark it's not gears of war but oh. <laughs> but that's that's his trademark right there. i was gonna say man that's de- that right there is dedication you should do it and then go like have your christmas photo with your entire family and like 10 years from now they go like hey look it's uncle chris what is that on his face? Uh, you're uh, like imagine my job he, interviews from now on. You act like one day the tattoo is just going to come off. In 10 years, they're going to know it's still on his face. <laughs> yeah. Every time I look in the mirror, god dang. When I was young, that, that was mine. Yeah, you'll have to get the key from between your toes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Do you want to play a game? <laughs> oh, dude, you do that How voice about, just like Corey does. How about Call of Duty? <laughs> <laughs> so creepy! <laughs> oh man! I want to play a game of Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be search and destroy hardcore. <laughs> Bryce, what do you think? Oh, man. Bryce, what are your thoughts? I want to go into just the, the face-off mode and the strike force mode because we haven't really touched on any of that. Uh, um, the face-off mode, from my understanding, is just a glorified one versus one, two versus two mode, isn't it? Uh, I believe yeah, so, it's yes. supposed to yeah. be the quick action. It's, it's more closed-off maps, and it's uh, one, two, one, two, kind of right away. Mm-hmm. And then the strike force thing kind of intrigued me because it's it's a campaign within the campaign, I guess. It gives you the option to choose how you kind of want the story to unfold by taking I guess there's you do this one mission and then it opens up two strike force missions and you choose, you know, say the bad guy got away, you chase him or there's like a bomb going to blow up in this a town close by. So you got to choose which one you want to go for and then it takes the story in a different direction to give you some more choice. I think that's what it was going for. But I, I, I heard someone say that if you die on a Strike Force mission, your character dies or something like that. Is there 
confirm on that or anything? Uh, when I was reading I... up, oh, I'm sorry. I was when I was reading <coughs> up, I don't get a didn't get a confirmation on that, but I have a feeling that that's probably the direction where they're going to head. Hmm. Just to make it, uh, just to make it challenging, and for for the players to want to come back to it time and time again. Well, you can't do every Strike Force mission with one, within one playthrough, so you got to go back and play it over again to do the other ones, which is probably going to be an achievement for achievement, you know, hoarders. Um, back to what we're talking about, though. Uh, do I think Call of Duty is the greatest of all time? No, but it's definitely one of the best of this generation of consoles, without a doubt. It just It's a giant that's not yet beaten until Call of Duty 14 or 15 comes out. Uh, at that point when you die, it's like an th- indicator come up over your head, you got sacked! <laughs> and then we all loot the body and yeah. <laughs> strip them. All you're going to see is like a naked, like, <laughs> naked soldier on the ground with like nothing on. <laughs> you got looted. Um... So I guess did everybody offer their input on that? Not yet. All right. Yes, Gerald, you'd be the last one. Oh, thank you for for passing the torch to me, sir. You're so kind. Um, well, I mentioned briefly uh, the other two most uh, probably influential games in video game history, uh, Mario and also Final Fantasy, because they both redefined genres. Uh, Their sphere of influence um, has spanned over decades now. Um, I believe if Call of Duty does continue its success uh, over at least a 10-year period of time, um, as far as, I'm not talking about from Call of Duty to now, the original Call of Duty, the first one, I'm talking about, let's, let's move on from, I'd say from Call of Duty Modern Warfare uh, on, because that's really when it when it started to take off. Um, if you go 10 years like this, um, I, I definitely think that will be surpassed because it's also, in its own sense, redefined the whole first-person genre. Um, it, it's now made a lot of developers think about what they want to do as far as first-person shooters, how they create a game, and it's put a lot of... Uh, developers out of business because of the way their their business model and uh, I think the way that Mario and Final Fantasy has shaped video games uh, for the past 20 years um, is something obviously to be respected and, and um, to be appreciated but I also think as well uh, if Call of Duty keeps us up I, I think you would, you know everybody will pretty much have to uh, say uh, whether they like the series or not, it, it would probably be the go down as the best of all time, if it maintains its current level of popularity. All right, then. I guess we should go to a break, so uh, before Chris departs us this evening, we can uh, get his gaming memory. He'd like suck it from his brain. Yeah, if you can find it. Just like a zombie. A brain. Yep. A, a, if there's any other type. A, a brain drain. Yeah, you're right. There really isn't. I don't know. You know, most zombies seem to want the flesh rather than the brain. They kind take of would rather eat your flesh around the brain. <laughs> take, take us to a break. All right. <laughs> break. 
Zombies brains. All right. Since Chris has uh, muy limited, <laughs> never mind. I was trying, trying to Spanish. Okay. That, that was going to fail. So since he has uh, very uh, little time with us, go ahead, Chris. I will let you take it, sir, with our gaming memory. Okay. Well, I don't, ha- I don't have a good theme song to lead me into this, but I've got probably two memories. Not so far back, I would say. Uh, one of them about 10 years ago. Uh, probably one of my most fond memories that I, that I really loved was, uh, was, it's an every Sunday type of tradition with me and my mom and my dad. And when you look at these people, they are not gamers. My dad is like one of those hardcore, uh, construction workers. He doesn't want to do anything that has to do with electronics unless it's sending an email. And my mom, she's kind of one of those stiff business types. So back in 2003, we used to play uh, Tiger Woods uh, PGA Tour 2003 on the PlayStation 2. And every Sunday was the one day I could actually get them to play a video game with me. Um, We had our own same characters that we always upgraded. We probably put in as a family well over uh, 50 hours into the game over that those few weeks that we would play. Uh, I mean, we probably played for a good five, six months. Uh, just every Sunday it was a tradition. So it kept me going. Uh, and it, I mean, it made me love my parents even more that they had time to play video games with me versus just saying, here's your new video game, go upstairs and play alone. So that's something that really, uh, really catches my heart. And I always loved how that went. We tried it with 2004. They changed the game up a little bit. My mom didn't like it, so she stopped. Uh, and then after a while, we eventually just stopped because 2003 got boring, and there was 2005, 2006, and they started coming out regularly. So at this and time, you're you're blaming EA for the destruction of your family at this point in time? Well, <laughs> yes, I, I, I blame them for the destruction of a tradition more than anything, for coming out think- with a new game every year. I think a lawsuit in this order, and I just want to let you know, as one of your close and dear friends, um, that I will be there to help you in every step of the way. And if you should financially compensate me for doing that, absolutely. <laughs> when you get a nice Thank fat settlement. Thank you, loyal lawyer Gerald. Uh, so, Chris, they then, were the destruction of your family lifestyle over a decade ago. Yes. Okay. Um, but the other the other memory I have, it's one that will never leave me. It's more of a funny moment, uh, kind of an inside joke as well. But the uh, situation was during Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the first one, Call of Duty 4, I should say. And me and one of my best friends were playing online, and we were just rocking everybody, going 30 and 2. We were just, just ripping them apart. And um, um, one of the maps, a downloadable map, Di- uh, Chinatown, we were sitting up in a building, and there's it's like a four-story building. He's sitting at the window watching out there outside, and I'm sitting at the staircase watching inside. Uh, someone throws a grenade up, and it, it injures me inside the building. Uh, so I run over to him to watch out the window, and he starts shooting outside with a machine gun, yelling out, Don't hurt my friend! Don't hurt my friend! And 
at the time, I don't know why I did it, but I ran into him, jumped on his head, and he fell out the window four stories and committed suicide. <laughs> and then he started yelling at me with, with like such hatred. I don't know why, but it was so hilarious how he died uh, after he was trying to protect me that uh, it's something I just cannot get out of my head. Every time I hear don't hurt or, or something like that, I think of don't hurt my friend and then me pushing him out of the window. So that's, that's kind of an inside joke. Friendship. <laughs> exactly. Well, he's still my best friend right now, but uh, it, it was just one of those, like, well, we were still winning. We won that, that round easily, but uh, it was just, you, you can't, I'm, I mean, when, when someone's protecting you and you push them out a window, it's kind of a, kind of a, I, I don't want to say any mean words uh, for his sake and for our site's sake. But it was kind of a bad move on my part. It's almost like the time when, uh, Nick, you and I were playing uh, Left 4 Dead 2 and we're fighting off 30 zombies. And, um, well, can I say it? Sure. Okay. Your now (laughs) ex-wife threw a Molotov cocktail at a whole bunch of zombies with us in the middle of it. Yeah, we got a little toasty that that night. Yes, and then we come out of it after dying and burning and getting all those zombies and burning and we come out of it and she goes where were you guys <laughs> yeah we were part of the mass crowd being eaten and for the record we got through the rest of that level alive yes and and, and uh also as well just want to let let you know as a retribution since she always was slow on the bridge level um we left her behind i think almost every time Ah, the good days of Left 4 Dead. Me and my friends are always kind of uh, mean to the people we partied with because we would instantly bolt it to the end of the level and just have all the zombies chase us. And if they couldn't keep up, then they were pretty much screwed. It was just one giant dodge the zombie. Oh, I just—that's I, why I love the bridge level because it just—it's just you—you—you you, you have to rush. You have no time to think or time to plan. If if you don't keep on your toes, it's just going to be—it's all—it's all over. Yeah. Plus, you know that there was that uh, mall. The end of that mall level, man. That's tough, man. Once the tanks start coming and that 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 last one, you know, the one with the car at the end. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, a tough one as well. You have dead. to have teamwork. Yeah, that one you'd have to have teamwork. You have to communicate. Yeah, get get all the stupid gas cans. Game was fun though, especially when you like smack people with the frying pan. Remember, Gerald went through the entire level with the machete. The bridge one, matter of fact. Ah, uh, guys, we got to get together and play that. Good times. But uh, Chris had to leave uh, leave us this evening. However, uh, we wanted to close tonight with some updates on some upcoming events and um, the uh, E3 special podcast as we are only uh, – how many weeks? What, three weeks? Three weeks away? Uh, more or less. Um, I did want to make sure we mentioned that next week we're going to have a special podcast um, yeah. on Diablo 3. So uh, I think Bryce, I think uh, – a little bit more about that because you're we're going to coordinate you're going to be a coordinate that is that not correct since you are the diablo man yeah well i just wanted to 
have a special one to get people who haven't maybe heard of it or are not too interested in to get them hyped up for the game. Talk about, you know, what classes people are excited for, a little history or something. Uh, Just get people amped for the game. I'm I'm psyched already. That sounds like like an awesome uh, podcast coming up. Um, What else you got coming up in store, Nick? Um, well, you know, as, again, as you guys know, we have, we have, uh, three, three weeks and some change before, uh, uh, before E3. And, uh, you know, as we traditionally do every year, we do our, our, uh, E3 pre-show. We do our, um, E3 segments while, of course, we're live at the show and then we have our E3 post-show. So, um, I want to say probably not next week, but the week after, uh, we will likely have our uh, our E3 pre-show, so keep an eye out, uh, open for that. I I believe Gerald and Jamie, uh, Jamie will kind of get into more about um, where we we actually been able to get our podcast on uh, Facebook. I'll let them kind of get into that. But um, however, keep keep an uh, keep an eye out for our pre-show and then our on the road going seventy-five. Well, the exciting changes, I just want to let you know, like you said, I'm trying to work on right now, trying to get uh, all of our podcasts archived to Facebook so you can easily listen to them from there. Uh, Jamie and Bryce have done an outstanding job of of giving you all the latest updates uh, straight from our Facebook page. And then also, if you go to our direct page at yourgamesource.com, you're going to see that whole entire Facebook page as well. So you will get all the latest updates uh, as they happen. Um, also, in the near future, we're going to be starting a forum, and Bryce and Jeremiah and Jamie have talked, uh, and Scott, excuse me, as well. Um, shout out to Felician uh, out there. Um, Want to make sure that that you know everybody knows that we're going to be starting a forum, so you can see, you have another way of sending your thoughts to to us as well. Okay, and uh, did you want to touch base on the new some of the new aspects of the comment system that we're we're implementing? Oh yes, on everybody's page uh, will also be um, comments that do not, you know, for anybody who's going to be posting comments and their thoughts on on what each of us have to say on our blogs. Um, you'll be able to post comments right below, and it'll automatically show up on Facebook. Um, so people, other people will be able to interact with that as well. So we're trying to become as socially interactive as we can uh, using all the social plugins and tricks that we can we can do that. Um, if anybody else has any ideas or suggestions or has any comments uh, on how everything's working, please uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us on, at GameSource on Twitter, um, GameSource on our Facebook page, or yourgamesource at yahoo.com. But there's going to be so many ways you can interact with us at, at GameSource, and we're just, we're just really stoked about that. Yeah, and I uh, think that'll about sum it up for tonight. So... Um, Jamie, did you have anything else to add? I know there was uh, other stuff that you were you were talking about too as well. Um, you pretty much touched on all of that. I mean, just things are coming. Hopefully we can get it all there so you guys can all get in contact with all of us and let us know what more you want so we can get it. Get her done. And then also okay. our shirts. I did want to mention that uh, uh, later this month we're going to be ordering uh, GameStore shirts uh, for, for the staff and some of our fans, uh, shout out to Katie, our, our super fan out there. 
Um, just wanted to, she's been interested. I know some other uh, fans of the, of the site have been interested in purchasing as well. Uh, we will provide details hopefully over the next couple of weeks uh, so you too can have Angry Nick on the back, on your back. Oh, yeah, because they, I'm sure they're just waiting in line to get one of those. Well, right now we're, we've got uh, quite a few orders already that people, uh, you know, want to buy. So a lot of people are asking for two. So uh, they could be a hot item. And we'll have to open up a form shop. Dude, are you doing the heavy breathing thing there? Not that I'm aware of. I think you're just a heavy breather at heart. Uh, there you go. Uh, Bryce, you got anything else to add, man? No, I'm good. I'm okay. excited for the forums and the comments and the shirts. Cool. Well, uh, you know, as always, guys... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I should say, thank you for joining us uh, tonight on another uh, great game, uh, <laughs> great episode of uh, Game Source Podcast. And uh, again, just check us out on uh, www.yourgamesource.com and um, all the social uh, networking media sites: uh, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And uh, until we uh, talk to you guys next week, uh, good night and and to all the noobs out there, stay low. And stay inside when you go on the multiplayer maps, or you're going to be sniped. Snipetality, as Jamie would say. <laughs> All right, good night, everybody. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Good night. Arriva Derchi. Adios, all. I can't shake it. Okay, that should be a long enough silence for Gerald's. Yeah. Hey, uh. Why is Gerald calling me again? Did he get disconnected? Um, yes, sir, he did. Oh, I can't. Wow. Hold on, I gotta reanimate. Well, that actually worked out okay because we went to break and everybody was quiet. Yeah, it said failed. Yeah. User is not online. Well, that sucks. <laughs> Try it again. Kind of need him for the next segment. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, important. I'm back. Well, yeah, hey, just keep talking. If I drop, just keep just keep talking. Yeah, no, we did. Oh. We didn't even notice you left. <laughs> I have that effect on people. <laughs> <laughs>